0: Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM in St. Albans. We hope you enjoy it. We love St. Albans. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam.
1: And welcome to the Generation Gap Show, hosted by me, Nat, and Clive. Hello. A show where we express our opinions and views from the standpoints of our different generations. Will we agree or will we disagree? Let's find out. This is the Generation Gap Show on 92.6 FM Radio Verulum.
0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Generation Gap Show here with me, Clive, and with Nat, hello and uh today we're going to talk about something which i hope will be of great interest and i think nat's got quite a lot of experience of which is about workplace differences over the last uh, i suppose 20 30 years um not that you've been working that time but no. um the difference between when i was working in the big offices in london and when you've been working in offices around here so
1: yes i mean you you were saying clive you, you when did you retire 10
0: about 10 years, ten years, years ago
1: and you were saying you remembered uh, when they brought in their, the sort of the first computers in the in the workplace, which which obviously seems a bit, a bit bizarre to me now, just having grown up with computers everywhere. Um, but the, I do I genuinely think that companies have have, have to modernise and they've really had to adapt over the years and. You know, if they don't, they fall behind.
0: Well, also, it's about attracting new staff. You know, if, you, if you're happy with all your staff being 40 and 50-year-olds, that's fine. But one day, you've got to replace them, and you've got to get young people in. And my impression back when I was involved in all the changes was very much that they didn't really understand this, and young people would walk in and see, for them, a sort of museum full of, full of um, computers, which, for them, just didn't mean anything at all. And they thought, well, you know, I, I need something, I can do this, I can do that myself, and whatever... And uh, it it didn't really get through to the sort of HR people, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, well, I, I've had the experience of working for for a really big uh, firm, and they definitely have to have the most up-to-date technology. And a lot of our clients also have to have the most, you know, the most modern technologies and, and all all those sorts of things with work environments now, like agile working or flexible working, working from home, everything like that, Um Working for such such a huge firm, but I'm su- I'm sure there are still still businesses out there where you walk in that's like a museum of, of, of old computers.
0: Well, very much, and of course, working from cafes is a pretty big thing for millennials. I reckon.
1: Yeah, I love to go to Starbucks with you know with my laptop and a and a coffee and and work from the cafe.
0: It's a cheap office. You just pay that sort of two pound fifty, three pound for your coffee and stay there for four hours. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> One coffee every few hours.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Technology is changing so fast, that's the thing. I was going to say, um, when I first started working, which was in the 1970s, um, it still was an era when people had um, typewriters in offices and carbon paper. I don't know if you know what carbon paper is, but basically you had a a sheet of, of plain paper, A4, and you put a carbon sheet in between it with another sheet and then you could actually do a thing up to three or four together so when you typed you actually made like three copies
1: oh it's like when you sign a receipt now and it it kind of goes onto the back page as well you both get a copy yeah same
0: same sort of thing but that's the only way you could do these things so when you copied a document to more than you know two people three people you actually had to type it all out again i mean it's unbelievable
1: ridiculous (laughs) Now, now
0: they did then come in with sort of photocopying devices which were basically the same kind of technology as that though weren't really electronic photocopiers um and then obviously we did then get into an era when we had things called word processors which were effectively oh, they looked like computers I and mean, basically a keyboard and screen and so on and obviously a printer attached um, but they were only given to special people who were basically women and mainly in a typing pool <laughs> typing pool can you believe this um, because um, anybody else particularly the managers who were nearly all men um, basically wrote things out in long hand and then handed it to the typing pool or their typist mm-hmm. or their secretary and i mean i don't know if people have secretaries at all these days
1: I think they would have a a PA, a personal assistant, wouldn't they? But they wouldn't serve the same. I think they would have a a much wider array of of tasks and jobs, not just typing out.
0: Well, and more more skills. I think. I mean, obviously, a secretary in those days, and I think yes, you're right. You call them a PA now. It sounds a bit different, but you basically did shorthand. And some people still do shorthand. I know one of the reporters at the Hearts advertiser who is quite young, but she does shorthand really well. And apparently, that's still a requirement to be a reporter.
1: Is it? Yeah, I think my mum might have been able to shorthand back in, in the day. She went to secretarial college before she then went on, changed career and became a teacher, but she... Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, that's, that's the sort of thing, but those were the skills and, and it was one of these very much um, a thing where, you know, girls and women were expected to go in that sort of job and men went on to the other It's, I,
1: it's such a contrast to today, isn't it, when they're actively trying to promote women in the, in the workplace and, you know, on equal footing to men, actually.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there's never been any question in my mind that they're equal, but you didn't get equal opportunities, that's the thing, yeah. is it? Um, yeah, I think that's right. And obviously the idea then um, of um, women doing managerial jobs was actually quite unusual. I worked in the civil service, which actually was very progressive in that sense, so there was actually quite a high proportion of women who did actually have higher jobs, mm. um, which actually was very nice, and that worked quite well, but they didn't ever have the technology, that just took ages to get the technology.
1: yeah. So I thought we talk we could talk a bit about my expectations as I guess m- for my generation as a millennial, uh, I'm 25 years old, um, my expectations of an employer and then compare those I don't know uh, to your thoughts Clive.
0: I'm not sure I had expectations yeah. in those days. It was <laughs> you, you just got a job. Hey. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but it's not just, you know, it's not just about technology and everything, but there's, there's loads of expectations that, that I probably have going into um, you know, going into an employer, um, I mean, first of all, I, I assume that they're going to give you kind of technology like a, a laptop um, rather than a, a desktop computer and probably a mobile phone as well, which probably contrasts to what, what you had, Clive, when you were working.
0: Well, we didn't have mobile phones when I started, I can assure you. You had um, telephones with round dials.
1: Well, some people still have desk phones and it and it, it just seems quite old-fashioned to me because everything was through the laptop when, you know, when I'd been working for the last few years. And I also would have expectations of, you know, agile working, flexible working. So I was at client sites quite a lot, but, you know, you could be in the office one day or also you could work from home if you had, you know, a doctor's appointment or, you know, if you weren't feeling very well even, you could just work from home, which probably is quite different to your generation as well.
0: Yeah, I did get to that point where I basically pushed to work from home because I had a much better computer at home than I did in the office, basically. Um, I think also that it's... Um it's really about a sort of attitude towards work. Um, you know, you were told you were working and you had to start at 9 o'clock, which meant 9.00, mm. and you would finish at 5 o'clock, 5.00, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, it's definitely not uh, the case now.
0: No, exactly. No. And, you know, there'd be one-hour lunch, which would be from 12.30 12. to 12. 1.30, yeah. whatever. Um, and, and so they didn't really care almost what you were doing in some ways, you know, but you were just there. So it's, it's sort of measuring you by your presence. Not now, where I imagine in most cases people are measured by... That work output you're given things to do and deadlines and exactly, they expect you to do yeah. them and they don't really care now if you're you're up at three o'clock in the morning finishing something off as long as you hit the deadline
1: exactly and you know some people as well had flexible working either either because they you know they had children or, or for other reasons so they could turn up early leave early uh, work weekends instead of weekdays so i think that's that's definitely one of one of the great things about working now in a modern environment is that your employer gives you that flexibility
0: Well no, I think, you know, obviously that's, you're lucky the people you've been working with probably are like that I reckon there's still quite a lot of companies are pretty old fashioned about these things and, and they're going to yeah, have a terrible shock soon if they try and employ I think some 20 fall year old
1: behind. Yeah, exactly, and I think also there's there's other expectations like I mean, I would always expect now free coffee, free tea <gasps> a fruit bowl, you know Goodness. Go, you know, I yeah. think this is the, the important things.
0: We used to have to arrange it ourselves and basically take it in turns to be the person who went out and bought the milk or brought the milk in in the morning yeah. and coffee. We we put in a sort of, you know, a pound each or something. To, you you to had like a
1: kitty, a kitty and then you go out right. and buy the biscuits. Yes. Yeah, no. Oh, we, I don't
0: think
1: we ran to biscuits. I oh, know. Yeah, now uh, a lot of workplaces I hear, you know, when it's your birthday, you have to bring in the cakes and the biscuits for everyone, which I think is is, is fine. You know, don't expect your employer to buy you birthday cakes. But we, we used to have a, a, you know, fruit bowl full of bananas and apples and, and you know, pears, etc.
0: Yeah, I think, also, you mentioned earlier about um, children, and that's interesting because when I started work, it was just at the beginning, sort of, I suppose, in the mid-1970s, it was still actually something rather odd happened where women who um, were working, obviously, um, had started when they were sort of young. Um, they got married, but they didn't change their names. And originally, I mean, back in the sort of, I think, 50s, uh, that was because if you got married as a woman, you actually had to resign. You weren't allowed to work in many employers. It's shocking, didn't, isn't didn't it? didn't employ <laughs> Married okay. women, so yeah. there was never any question about children and so on because it didn't occur. Um, but then after that wasn't a sort of legal requirement anymore, women didn't change their names at work; they just kept their um, married <laughs> maiden name. I suppose that sounds very old-fashioned to their maiden name, um, and that was because, to some extent, obviously they were already known by that name, so it made things easier. Um, but it was also a hangover from this point period where they weren't allowed to be employed as married women. Um, it's a different era i i'm talking about it now i'm just thinking i cannot believe it was like that but it it mm. was within my lifetime
1: i think there are there are still barriers to some extent as well as a, as a married woman you know i've spoken to to business owners and managers who say that if they had the choice between hiring you know a young man and a young married woman and there was very little you know to, to differentiate between them that they would go for the man because he would be less likely to take maternity leave which is a shame but it's you know the reality of, of being a woman there are still some hindrances
0: I think that's probably illegal behaviour but I imagine they sort of disguise it in all the reports in some way oh yeah I'm sure yes mm. but I mean I, I think you're right and and actually I've Seen in similar reports where, in fact, it's the woman who's the employer who actually makes that judgment more often than men making that judgment.
1: Yeah, actually, it's it's some female business owners that I've spoken to that have said that. Yes. So,
0: oh dear. Right. Well. Okay. So um, that's uh, the sort of generalities. I, I think actually as we're talking about this it really is an incredible amount of change over the last i suppose 30 years um and it's something which we've got to um get used to in future because will it be changing again for the next 30 years and that's a good reminder if you heard that and that sounded like someone's phone making a message <laughs> I
1: don't think it was my phone i think it was probably I'm on mine. Silent. <laughs> oh, okay
0: right so um now you just mentioned something else which you remembered that employers you expect to do now
1: yeah free Christmas
0: parties free Christmas parties Um, we did have Christmas parties in our offices but it was always a bit um, relaxed, it was a bit sort of tense I think is the way because we had to address people, particularly the senior people by their sort of official names Mr This and Mrs So and So by being at school yeah it was very much like a school I think Um, and many of the people in the senior echelons where I worked had all been to certain kinds of schools you know so Mm. they, they still lived like that I don't know talking about the workplaces and the differences in workplace over the last um, I suppose 40 years we're talking about really Um, and it has been huge and one of the other things about this which um, you mentioned a little earlier is of course about how did you actually apply for jobs in those days and I've just been thinking about that but why don't you tell me how you think you apply for jobs now.
1: Well, nowadays you can kind of upload your CV to one of these these websites like Indeed or Link or LinkedIn. You can have your full profile on LinkedIn, and either you can you know get you get contacted by recruiters, or you can reach out to recruiters, and then they'll put you forward for jobs. And it's very straightforward now.
0: Right, but that's that's in the sort of professional managerial type jobs.
1: Yes, yeah. I I personally haven't had much experience. I worked I worked in. Um, I worked in a shop actually when I was at university, and and I got that through. I think my brother was working security at the time at the it was at, at Warner Brothers Studios, and Ooh, um,
0: good place to work.
1: Yeah, so I worked in in the Harry Potter shop um, for a couple of years in the university holidays, and I just got that because I heard that there were some jobs going, and I got my brother's hand in my CV, you know, physical CV, which seems kind of old fashioned now.
0: Oh, it's not old-fashioned to me, obviously. That's how things were done in those days. I mean, I think um, there's probably some differences now, but obviously the principle is still that you've got to get yourself noticed in some way. And I still think the best way of dealing with that, and I certainly um, worked in um, places where I sometimes was actually recruiting staff, so I've done a bit of that. And, you know, it is about impressions and first impressions. I mean, I know um, psychologists say that you make an impression of... Um, you, you You get an idea about somebody within like 10 seconds when they walk in the room or whatever. Um, So a lot of it was like that. And I think it still must end up in that way. I mean, however your CV's got in front of someone and they then decide they'd like to uh, possibly employ you, they're still going to want to meet you, aren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. You're still going to have to do an interview, I imagine, in all cases.
0: Yeah. And that's the real key, to get yourself in front of the person. Um, I'm a bit sceptical about these websites where they say, you know, we've got six million people's cvs here and um, just put your cv in, and someone will offer you a job i think you've probably got to be a bit more active than that i don't really think that's a very um, good way of doing it um, one technique i think still will probably work is if you've decided you really want to work in a particular place particular company or for a particular person there's nothing really better than contacting that person directly even writing them a letter handwritten letter imagine how many people get handwritten letters these days I,
1: I, I think there's a lot of um, websites there where they, because they, if, con- if you reach out to a company, um, but actually they don't have any vacancies, as much as they'll appreciate, you know, the gesture, they might put you on file, but they might not have any positions. So nowadays you can go to these websites and it lists out all the vacancies, and then you contact, you you know, you reach out to the company directly, and you write a cover letter and you attach your CV, etc. I think that's generally how most of the people I know have applied for their their current jobs
0: right okay i, I think yeah I, I think what i'm saying is obviously the these sort of mechanisms by how you um approach people is one thing mm that's certainly changed i'm sure there's an app on your phone you can probably produce a cv and send it off to somebody um, but i'm not totally convinced that works very well because um also i know a lot of companies big companies now are actually sorting out cvs when they get them effectively automatically it's a sort of a, a robot system an ai system which actually goes through and just checks mm. some of the stuff you, you haven't filled in box number 23 on the form so therefore yeah you're, you're so out. you have
1: a spelling error yes in, in the second section so you're out yeah Yeah.
0: or even more sophisticated you happen to live in a certain place where maybe they don't like people from that area this Mm -hmm. sort of thing they make judgments about you they probably look you up on google they probably check your facebook profile definitely yeah Um, and so this is the thing where we we try and explain to young people perhaps it's all very well when you're 16 falling out of the pub drunk and putting pictures all over facebook but 10 years later when you're going for a job that's still going to be there and someone might see it
1: yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. You've got to be careful with what you put online.
0: Yeah, so uh, I mean, it's very easy these days. I mean, if you haven't tried it out, there, listeners, just you know, Google somebody's name, and you'll see amazing amounts of information you can find about people quite quickly.
1: You Google yourself, Clive? Have you Googled yourself? What I, comes up?
0: I have, and there's an awful lot of stuff out about me out there from particularly the radio station. It's actually. all
1: it's all you. It's not another Clive. Clive there are
0: several other Clive Glovers, um, and I know one of them fairly well now because he, he passes on emails to me because his email is very similar to mine. Um, but he's in New Zealand. He rents out boats, actually. It's uh, quite wow. interesting. Um, yeah, there are a few people with my name, but it's not terribly common, but um, there's probably half a dozen I've come across.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm the only only person with my name actually.
0: You're so, unique.
1: I am unique. Yes. How about that? Well there's yeah. something we
0: know about. Okay, so you won't be able to dodge it if you've got information no, about on- online. you online it have will to definitely be, careful. be you.
1: And there's definitely some some things that I would like to have taken down, like my old MySpace profile. I mean it's very private, you can't really see much, but I would like to have it taken down but I've forgotten the login. I don't know how to log
0: into it right now you've told everybody out there Oh, I mean, there's it. nothing you can't see
1: anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah okay um but i think it's the personal touch you've still got to have those personal attributes and my experience is a lot of young people don't really understand some of these things for example go for a job interview it's just quite a good idea to be dressed quite neatly and tidily and probably not ripped jeans and so on like that it really doesn't yeah. create a good impression
1: even if it's a, a casual working environment eventually if you get hired i always think it's good to to kind of be clean cut and, and well dressed when you turn up for an interview
0: well i, I think the same thing and, and that's the point and a lot of people don't really understand that and i think schools don't necessarily get that sort of idea into you do they
1: I mean, yeah, it probably d- depends on the school. Um, I, I didn't have much careers advice at school because uh, ultimately I was going on to university, so I had a lot of university advice. And then when I was at university, I had some some good careers advice. But, yeah, I do think that some schools are lacking in the, the careers advice.
0: I so. don't think that's changed. When I was at school, certainly, and I went to a very good school, um, the careers advice there was really, really, really poor. And it almost, almost amounted to basically saying, well, you can join the army, yeah or you could go into the church well it was you did a gra- either
1: of those things five
0: it was a grammar school and yeah when i said uh, mm. well and also they assumed everyone's going to go to university at 100 percent. so if you said well i'm not really sure whether i want to go to university they just looked at you strangely and didn't talk to you for a while um, it was very odd. Um, I did go to university, but um, there you go. Um, but I didn't think I wanted to at the time. So, uh, yes, I, and I've seen careers advice, and I've spoken to a number of um, sort of sixth formers about this. And to be honest, regardless of which school it is, they don't think it's really very, very helpful. Is
1: Yeah, I think some schools give the impression that, you know, you should go to university, you have to go to university. But there are so many great apprenticeships out there now, and, and you know, um they're not you know it's the equivalent of a graduate scheme but for someone that hasn't been to university you know you leave sixth form and then you can go and well the firm i was working for you could go and qualify as an accountant in you know four or five years rather than three years uh, but it, you know
0: but also i mean you get apprenticeships obviously involve actually an employer um paying for part of your course or some of it um
1: yeah for, for some kind of studies potentially yeah. yeah
0: and so in effect you're on sort of on their radar and basically, unless you do something really bad, um, mm. you know, you've probably got a job at the end of it as well, haven't you? Yeah,
1: exactly. So I think those are a really g- a good avenue that schools don't necessarily promote enough. But university yeah. doesn't suit everyone, does it?
0: Indeed. And also, now, of course, it comes with a big cost. I think. Did you get through university oh, just ahead the, just of
1: that? Just the year before the fees went up. Yes. Oh, I the fees was, went up. Yes. But you so still had fees. No. Yeah, I still had fees, but um, it was before they were trebled. So <laughs> I was quite, quite. Okay with that?
0: Yeah, well you know my my son's just finished university, and of course he's had to do the whole thing, so he's got a huge yeah. debt. Which I don't think anyone's given him a letter calculating it yet. But I, oh, you I can know, look it
1: up online quite easily. Yeah, but they're also quite depressing.
0: They're, they're also charging something like six percent interest. Oh
1: god, I think it's yeah, I think it's four percent. When I was um getting my paychecks recently, I think I worked out that I was basically every month paying off just interest. Not touching the student loan itself, just paying off interest.
0: Yes, okay. Well that's which is quite a, depressing. It's obviously um an extra issue. We'll have to get round to that one another time. Yes. But um yes, I think so. So anyway, um on, on works and workplaces, um I think we've just agreed that it's very different. These days, Yeah, um, But obviously some of the fundamentals are the same. And I think in terms of, you know, applying for jobs and so on, you have to basically take an initiative. And to some extent also it's who you know. Mm. Your family, your friends will probably have people working in some different places. You might think, actually, they've got a really good job. I wouldn't mind working there. And that's my suggestion for people really to just think about that sort of stuff. Because obviously going into work is a difficult uh, environment, you know, it's completely different from school and university and family life, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think people are very well prepared for it. In many, many cases.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that um, things have changed changed a lot. But uh, if you're proactive and and talk to people about, you know, if they enjoy their work and and if you know, you'd be interested in, in getting into it, then you can get quite, quite a long way that way.
0: Right, OK, so I hope that helps for some people out there maybe thinking about this now, because after all, if you've just finished university, that means a month or two ago, and if you haven't got your job yet, well, you better be looking, I reckon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's addressed to somebody in particular. No, right, OK. The radio station for St Albans is 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Yes, and you're listening to Radio Verilum, and you're listening to the Generation Gap show here with me, Clive, and with Natalie. And uh, we're talking about workplaces and sort of employment things and how it's changed over the last 40 years. And it is 40 years. Oh, my goodness, I realise I started work just over 40 years ago. Um, I was just counting on my fingers, but I've got lots of fingers. Well, I don't know. What what do you think about, um, I mean, have you done any recruiting yourself in your No,
1: I I was never responsible for recruiting. Um, We had our own, you know, HR team that were responsible for recruiting. And then when they'd bring people in for the internships, and we were responsible for looking after them and convincing them that they would want to apply for, you know, the graduate positions, etc. But I wasn't personally involved in the recruitment.
0: So they didn't get people like you, perhaps, to sit in on a recruitment panel, that sort of thing, because you're a young person who might be no, having a different view.
1: No, They generally, it would be the the more senior managers that were, you know, doing interviews, etc. But before you even got to an interview, for, the, for you know, for for my the scheme I was on, we had to do about four tests online, and um, you had to submit your whole profile online, all of your, you know, your GCSEs, which I feel like become they should really be irrelevant by the time you've graduated from university with a degree, but you had to give them all of your GCSE results, all of your A level results, your degree results, um, your transcripts, etc. Um, and it almost, yeah, it felt like a box-ticking exercise, really. You know, you need you needed an A star in maths at GCSE, and then you needed an A star in English at GCSE, and which shouldn't shouldn't really have a bearing on your your life when you're, you know, these exams you sat when you're fifteen, sixteen, and you know now you're applying for a job when you're twenty-one. It's, it seemed a, bit, seemed a
0: bit old-fashioned in that respect. I mean, I hate to tell you this, but I, I remember um, times when I was going for a job you know, much later on and I still wanted to see my A-level certificates and yeah. GC- GCSE certificates and all that mm. stuff. And I certainly thought, well, you know, that's like 20 Didn't years ago. don't even know ago. where they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have probably got them in,
1: in a box in, in the a loft. box somewhere in the yeah. loft, that's right, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, but it's one of those things that is rather odd because, it, you know, at that point... You've had, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years of experience. Surely that's the most important driver. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, it shouldn't have a bearing what you've got in your, you know, your French GCSE in, you know, seven no. years previously.
0: Well, indeed, and so it does seem rather odd. But I suppose that's that's really. What I was thinking, you said it's the sort of older senior people who are doing the interviews, so they're probably carrying with them some Mm. sort of attitudes and and ideas, Mm. which is what I'm wondering whether they're still relevant so that Mm. they may make judgments yeah. on a basis which isn't really terribly useful now the,
1: the only involvement that i really had as a as a kind of a more junior member of staff was uh, they used to get us along to recruitment events where we were convincing people to apply for jobs yes. and we were saying oh look how fun we are and these are all the young people that work for us and here's here's you know here are some free food here's some free food and free drinks and some fun games uh, and then ultimately when they applied they just had to fill in lots of online forms and and sit online assessments and then do an interview with the manager and then a partner obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I expect people to do but that's yeah it's not quite really making the decisions you, you were you subsequently asked by your senior management what did you think of so and so and you make judgments on that.
1: No, only if they came they came into the internship then we were asked for our feedback but for for the generally if they didn't do internships which 90% of the the new hires didn't we weren't No, we we didn't have any any say in the recruitment process?
0: Mm, okay, I'm just sort of thinking that possibly isn't the best way of dealing with things. But, you know, I'm not running any big companies anymore, so they are. I wasn't ever running any big companies. <laughs> um, okay, so, right, now, what's the other things apart from computing? That I mean, people do everything on their phone these days, uh, and um, I do too, um, let's admit it. But,
1: but You're uh, more modern than me, Clive. We were taking notes earlier, and I sat here with a notepad and, and my biro, and, and you're reading off the notes on your iPhone.
0: Well, that's true. I have got into that habit. I, I think I have learnt some of these things, and they're perfectly good ways of doing it. Although i still be a bit panicky that if I lost the phone, I'd lose everything somehow. Although it's probably backed up in some way, which I could work Yeah, on the yet. cloud. On the cloud, yes.
1: Oh, The, the cloud.
0: cloud. Absolutely. We won't go into that. Right, so anyway, we, we are um, getting towards the end of the programme now, and um, so, uh, anyway, we're getting towards the end of the programme now, so perhaps Nat, you could give us a quick summary of what we've been talking about, if you can remember.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we've, we've pretty much agreed on the fact that there's been a complete revolution in the workplace in the last 40 years, haven't we?
0: Revolution, that's a good word, yes. Yeah,
1: and the technology has just increased exponentially. There's just so much uh, emphasis on... It's not just technology, though, is it? Because we were also talking about practices in the workplace like agile working and flexible flexible working benefits like well tea and coffee we talked about but we didn't touch too much on benefits um but yeah but i think generally we we agree that things have come you know a long way and um and workplaces need to keep up in order otherwise they're probably going to fall behind aren't they
0: absolutely anyway that's it for this week so um thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed it and uh, do listen again same time next week that's uh, nine o'clock on thursday evenings here on radio Verulam Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll listen again to the show. You can subscribe from iTunes, Google Play and, of course, from Radio Verulam's own website, radioverulam.com.